0: Well, good morning, church. Thanks for being here in person and online as well. Uh, You know, uh, there is a story where a a husband, he's he's reading an article to his wife. He's like, hey, honey, you got to listen to this. It says here that women speak 30,000 words a day and men only speak 15,000. And so then the wife yelled back, that's because I always have to repeat everything I say to you. And to that, the husband said, what? Right? Like, today on Valentine's Day, we are going to be talking about how we use our words. All right? And, and, and the, really beginning to think, how does God want us to speak? How does he want us to talk? How, how does he call us as Christians to, to use this amazing gift uh, that he's given us of speech? I don't know if you've paused lately and said, all right, like I, I need to kind of watch this. But during this series, what we're trying to do is say, hey, we don't want to be like everybody else. No, we want to be the people that God has called us to be. We want to, uh, in a sense, live in unordinary ways, not Weird and awkward, right? Not not uh, you know crazy uh, Christians that we've seen yelling out um, just hate speech at times, but saying, "Man, how do we be like Jesus? How do we be like Jesus?" And so we actually uh, looked at a verse last week, and, and I just wanted to, to point our mind back to this. We won't have it on the screen, but we talked about this uh, narrow gate that we should walk through. Instead of saying, oh, everybody's going that way, uh, God gave us this narrow gate to walk through. Uh, we read this verse in Matthew chapter um, 7, verses 13 and 14. It says, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and, any, and many enter through it. But small is the gate and narrow the road that leads to life, and only few find it. Right? Today, we want to talk through what does it look like to walk through that narrow gate that leads to life, even in the way that we use our words. Now, I don't know about you guys, but uh, in my life, I have heard more than uh, my share uh, of somebody saying, watch your mouth, right? Have, have, you ever, have you ever had this happen? Now, it's even, uh, it, it's even uh, more difficult when they say, watch your mouth, and then they grab your earlobe, Right? I feel like grandparents are are great for this. So grandparents in the room, if you haven't started that yet, now is your time, all right? And and so um, this past week, I wanted to be able to say this phrase to some kids that were on the park, right? So Tuesday, I I, I take my... kiddos to the park. We, we land there and uh, quickly I realized there's like 10 or 15 kids at the park and, and, and they're all there hanging out probably between uh, elementary all the way to middle school students and, and as we're getting out of the car and we're walking up to it, I, I quickly realized that there are no parents around anywhere, all right? And, and the kids are just having fun and hanging out and then I quickly realized, man, I am hearing uh, some uh, amazingly colorful language you know, coming out of uh, of all of these kids' mouths. And, and I'm thinking in this moment, oh no, my kid's precious ears, right? Like I, I'm kind of thinking that a little bit like, and I don't know that they've ever heard a lot of this language before, but we're still going out to the park. And, and it's funny, like, right, there, there's this kid hanging out. He's, he, he's got to be in early elementary. Uh, I called him Spider-Man um, because I didn't know his name. And he's wearing a Spider-Man shirt. And, and I'm like, hey, Spider-Man, how's it going, man? Like, just like trying, trying to be nice. But they're yelling out all this stuff. And I just want to be like, watch your mouth. And, and as I'm kind of dealing with this, uh, this wrestling in the heart, like, you know, it takes a village to raise some kids. Maybe I should say something. Or like, these kids are going to think I'm creepy. Some dude yelling at them about watching their mouth. In that moment, I felt God say this. Ben, that was you. That was you. Because the truth is, for me, uh, I knew how to play this card growing up right, where uh, I would uh, be around my, my parents and, in the right settings and I would talk the right way. But then I ran around with my brother and his older friends all the time. So I learned a lot of things at a really young age. And just like I looked at these little kids like, why are you talking like this? God was saying to me, Ben, that, that was you at that age. And, and honestly, part of my testimony, part of my story about where God has brought me uh, in my life was, was a, a point when he had said, you had already given your life to me, Ben, but you haven't given your words over to me yet. You hadn't given your words over to me. And it, it took a few years for me to start to realize, you know what, God, like I do need to really clean this up. This is a change that needs to come into the, the way that I talk so that the, I'm not just trying to fit in with everybody else, right? Going down this wide road, but I'm trying to really say, hey, God, how do you want me to talk? How do you want me to speak? You know, have you ever had God tell you, watch your mouth, right? Maybe he hasn't grabbed your earlobe, but have, have you ever had him say, hey, pay attention, Pay attention to how you're speaking, what impact that's having on the world around you. Today, I want us to, to dive into this topic, and uh, we're going to be camping out in Matthew chapter 12, if you have your Bible and you want to, to go there, or we're going to have it uh, on the screens as well. But uh, so often when we think about um, our, our words, and in this, we, I, I always like to think about it this way, that our words are like a gateway sin, right? Growing up, I always heard marijuana is a gateway drug, right? You guys have heard that. It's going to lead to worse things. And as I talked to youth for a number of years in ministry, I would tell them, I think that our words are a gateway to bigger sins, Right? It's those things that we kind of get away with at times that we kind of sneak in. That, that when we're around uh, you know, a certain crowd, we can talk this way, or when we're around another one, uh, we kind of clean it up a little bit. But I think that for kids, but then even us as adults, it becomes a slippery slope of how we take this step forward with our words, and then eventually we find ourselves doing more serious sins. But not only is our words, I think, a gateway to bigger sins, but the Bible tells us that it's a gauge for what's really going on in our hearts and our lives. Look at what Matthew chapter 12 says, uh, starting in verse 35. Jesus says this, A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word that they have spoken. For by your words, you will be acquitted. And by your words, you will be condemned. So uh, let's camp camp out in the first part here where it says, hey, our words... It's pointing to shows the good that's in us or shows the evil that's in us. The, the, the way that we gossip, the way that we lie, the, the way that we uh, tell um, coarse jokes, right? Like our words begin to, to point to hey, what's going on on the inside of us? He's saying, it, it, it's saying, hey, the, it's not just a problem with our mouth, it's actually pointing to something deeper inside of us. There's good, there's bad. And, and you know, I, I think about in this that so often we like to just think about, I, there's certain words that are bad, right? Certain words that are bad that, hey, you wouldn't want to use this in. And, you know, I used to really think that it was just that simple, that, oh, it's just certain bad words that you shouldn't use. But the reality is, is that it's not necessarily a word that is bad. You know, actually, in preparing for this, I started thinking about how uh, Jesus says uh, early on, a couple of verses before this, or chapter, sorry, in Matthew chapter 5, he's talking about uh, murderers. He's talking about, hey, it's not just about murder, but he starts talking about words. And then he goes into saying this. that. But I tell you that if anyone who is angry with a brother or sister will be subject to judgment, again, anyone who says to a brother or sister, Raka, is answerable to the court. And I used to think, you know what? I've never used the word Raka, and I don't ever plan to use the word Raka. And, and if I did, I don't think I'd be answerable to court. And, and I started thinking, you know, one of our elders, his last name is Raka, right? Like a former preacher of ours. You know, it's Italian. It's Italian. Oh, it's Italian. Okay. I mean, it is spelled a little bit different, Clark. But luckily, nobody's been sent to court because they use the word racca, right? It's not as simple as us saying, all right, I'm, I'm gonna start thinking about my words. I just can't use those, you know, those four-letter words and there's five-letter words. It's it's bigger than that, right? It really is bigger. This isn't uh, something where I'm saying, "Hey, if if you say that, oh, you're just wrong and bad," because and I feel like I I could step on some toes here. Is that you may use one of those words and and. and it might be in a context where I don't think that God's saying, oh, you're wrong for using a cuss word, right? Just like if we were to use the word raka today uh, and we weren't talking about Clark, that I don't think that you're in danger of anything. But at the same time, I don't think that we need to talk like the rest of the world. I think that what God is calling us to and what I'm hoping that we would look at as a church is really saying what is the heart behind our words, right? If we use language that's vulgar, What's the the heart behind that? If we're going to gossip or lie or slander people, what's the heart behind that? Because that's what God is really getting at when it comes to our words. Now, the Bible does uh, have lots of things to say about our words, and uh, I could probably read a lot about that, but I only want to point us to a few in Colossians. So Colossians chapter 3, verse 8 says this, And this is Paul writing to believers, to Christians, he says, but now you must also rid yourself of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. And he actually, he goes on to say, hey, and and don't lie as well. And so when we do start to think, all right, how do I watch my words? Yes, it comes from the way that we're, our, our heart, but we do need to think, all right, I'm not going to slander, I'm not going to use filthy language, I'm, I'm going to try to avoid those things, I'm not going to lie. But then in uh, chapter four of Colossians, it says in verse six, this is the good side of it, let your conversations always be full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Everyone. Let your conversations be seasoned with grace. And, and, and that part specifically is talking about um, how Christians should react to people who don't know Jesus. He's saying, let it be grace that you're giving. You know, you put salt on food, it starts to taste a little bit better, right? I, I think up here when we were talking about the worst foods, you know, maybe that crockpot meal needed a little bit of salt. I don't know, right? No, it, it wasn't winning that out. All right, so... But we we get this. We put salt on something, it makes it better. I think in the same way we think about that with our words. God, when we speak, what are ways that we can almost make the things that we're saying more encouraging, more helpful to people? Help them understand that, that we care or that we're for them. Right? We, we're, we're gracious, and we season things with salt in the way that we are going to talk. You know, it is so easy for us to just think about uh, the negative things and the bad things, or, or to fill our minds with junk. You know, there's a, uh, a story that a pastor friend of mine told me. He said he, he knew this comedian, a Christian comedian. And this Christian comedian, he uh, was just dead set on, on keeping all of the things that he took in pure. He really focused on, all right, I don't, I don't want to listen to any kind of thing that would give me bad into windows or bad jokes, or, because what he wanted to be able to do is do stand-up comedy where the only things that flew out, that flew, flowed out of him was good. He didn't want to have anything tucked down in his mind or his heart that might come out in, in some type of joke that he didn't want. And I think that it's such an interesting practice for us to think about. I know that was true for when I was trying to clean up my language, God was saying, Ben, you've got to get stuff out of your life that's causing you to speak this type of way. And, uh, you know, being young, I, I had all types of uh, music genres that I listened to where the language was not very great, all right? And, and I, for me, that was a huge thing that God was like, you've got to get this music out, where it's like every couple words is a cuss word. And this is big for me cleaning up my language. And so how do we begin to say, you know what? I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm going to be the type of person that God calls me to be. And so in this as well, I want to encourage us that if we are going to be people who say, hey, I want to have the good stored up in me coming out. Here's what I want us to to focus on today, right? We're we're focusing on the heart of it is there's this passage in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. And and I think that it's powerful for the conversation that we're having today. And and I really think that if we are to begin to, to get a hold of this language that we speak, that this passage can be a huge help for us, because here's what I need us to realize. I could have pointed to other passages that say that the tongue is one of the hardest things for us to control. All right? We could have looked at, at passages in James that says, "Hey, hey Christians, if you're having a hard time struggling uh, with how you talk, welcome to the club. Because it's something that is difficult for us to do. But I think that this is an answer for us. Proverbs 18, verse 21 says, The tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. The tongue, I'm gonna say it again, has the power of life and death, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Now, here's why I want us to camp out in this. What if we started to think about Our words, not as just our words. But what if we started to think about uh, our words as this either giving death or giving life? Does it start to give a little more power to the things that we're saying? When you start to think about how how you're talking to other people or about other people, are you giving death or are you giving life? I feel like we've seen so easily uh, here lately that it's so much easy for a lie or a half-truth to get spread everywhere quicker than actual truth is, right? I I feel like I've just seen that time and time again, either on the news or in social media. It's easy for gossip to just get out there, but what if we started to say, you know what, I've got to be really careful about whether I'm giving truth or not, because if, if it's lies, I'm giving death, I'm speaking death. What if we started to think, you know, I, I don't want to say anything that's going to be hateful. I don't want to say anything that, that is going to be discouraging just for discouragement's sake, right? Because we don't want to give death with the words that we are saying. We want to give life. What if we were people who said, you know, I'm looking for people to encourage today. I'm looking for, for people to, to speak joy into our lives, to, to bring some encouragement what if we realize, like, no, I, I'm, not, I'm not going to jump on that bandwagon. I'm not going to send that text message or, or send out that Facebook post because it may be taken in a way that is, let's say, hate or death. It, it, it may be uh, using our words in the way that God doesn't want us to. We want to have life in the things that we're saying, the things that we are writing you know, it, it makes me think about uh, a time in my life, and I, I feel like I've had, been so blessed in the fact that I've had people that have just encouraged me uh, at different seasons of my life, but there was a time when I was in high school, and um, I, was, I had been playing football for a really long time, since elementary, and uh, honestly, one of my favorite sports that, that I'd played, but I was at a place where I was just kind of fed up with it. I, I was kind of um, beating myself up and, and and really upset with how the team was going, how I, my perception of of the coaching staff, and I was beginning to have internal conversations, but also talk to my dad about, hey, I think I'm gonna quit, which is just like not a word that I've used very often in my life by any means. And, and so uh, I'd been rolling this around in my head. Then there's one day that we're uh, sitting the whole... Uh, team is together. We're watching some game film, and, and the coach stands up, and he, and he starts talking. He's like, hey, if we, if we were ever to, to go to battle, and, and if I was stuck in a foxhole, and I'm like, what's a foxhole, right? Like, I don't even know, like, what's going on here, and, and, and he's going through this, and he says, the person who I'd want to, to be in the foxhole with is Ben, and I was like, what? Did, did he just, like, say my name? Like, why, why is my coach, like, he's like, yeah, it's Ben, because he he constantly, Gives all that he's got. He, 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 he's always working hard. And, and here I am thinking like, I'm not getting the playing time I want. I, this isn't going the way I want it to. But it was though that moment there that for the rest of high school, I didn't question whether I was going to be on the team or not. Right? It was, hey, I'm going to give all that I got. And, and I was at a place where I was ready to quit. But then somebody speaks into my life. And all of a sudden, I feel new life. Guys, every single one of us have the opportunity to do that, right? And our our go-to so often is just to be critical, just to to, to say what we don't like, right? Like uh, I went to lunch the other day and a lot of times I like to ask the waiter or waitress, hey, what's your favorite thing on the menu? And sometimes they struggle. And this waitress, she was like, well, I can tell you what I don't like. I'm like, well, that's like what we normally do, right? What if we were people who said, I'm not worried about like this, this. what I don't like. No, I want to talk about the things I do like. I want to encourage you. I want to give life. If you're a person who's like, you know what, I just kind of lean towards the negative. Can I encourage you to say, what if we just took one step towards, instead of being negative, what if we just said, let's be quiet, right? Because being quiet is better than giving words that are death. And then as you start to work on being quiet in those situations where you want to jump in, and say something negative can we move from being quiet to starting to give life what would happen in your families what would happen with your friends if we started to give life in the way that we talked cuz i'm telling you people be like i want to hang out with them more every time i'm with them they're they're saying something nice they're they're loving caring they're they're seasoning things with salt can we be people like that the only way that we get to be people like that is by having a change internally. And, and Jesus says to us and that if we will just confess him with our words, right? On a day that we're talking about words, and we're talking about, hey, how do we clean some of this up? How do we, how do we really pay attention to it? Jesus says, hey, it's this easy. All you have to do is use your words And you can begin to be changed from the inside out. It says in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, If you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Right? If you've done that, if you've taken that step, Jesus is saying, I'm here ready to help you. But if you've never taken that step, Jesus says, it's this simple if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Guys, if you've never accepted Jesus, today could be the day that you say, you know what, God, I do believe in you. I believe that Jesus died for me, but you raised him from the dead, and God, I'm, I'm ready for my sins to be forgiven because I know that I've, I've done a lot Jesus wants to be able to do that for us today. So if you want to give your life to Christ, I would love to help you kind of walk through that during uh, this last closing song. But then also, can I say this? If you're in the room today and you're, you felt like God was saying this, hey, be unordinary, watch your mouth, right? If you felt like God was saying, be unordinary, watch your mouth, maybe we need to, to say to God, God, how do you want me to begin to change this? God, how can I be a person who doesn't complain about everything? but gives life. Can we be that type of people that gives life in the things that we say? Pray and and sing to God in that type of way today, saying, God, I'm recommitting this to you.